Well, thank you for joining us for another version of CEDA's Economist Corner podcast. Um, my name's Melinda Salento. I'm CEDA's Chief Executive Officer. And joining me today is Stephen Rue, who is, of course, the Chief Executive Officer of NBN. Stephen, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Melinda. Thanks for the, the opportunity. Good to be with you. Yeah, it's, it's great that you can take the time. Well, I'm sure it's a pretty busy time for NBN. Um, I think all of us, you know, the, the world sort of turned upside down, but I suspect for your business, it's been pretty crazy with, um, you know, the government now implementing quite strict restrictions on people staying at home and anyone who can work working from home. Uh, that's what we've done at CEDA. It must have led to quite a significant increase in activity for NBN. How's that feeling for you? Yeah, look, it has been a busy, very, very busy three weeks, Melinda, but it's it's a time when telecommunications has never been more important. And in, in some ways, it's been a privilege to work in an organisation that was always set up to serve Australia. And now we're here actually fulfilling the very purpose that we were set up to do. So, yes, it has been unbelievably busy. We, we've we obviously had uh, our own staff to, to look after and care for, and that's been our, our very first focus We've got 7,000 people who work at NBN. So ensuring that their health, their health, their well-being has been looked after has been a primary concern. But the secondary concern has obviously been making sure that we can, we and indeed the industry, the telecommunication industry, can provide the services that the community needs at this time. So obviously, as you say, we're seeing lots of people working from home. Uh, we're seeing um, many children being educated from home and people being at home. Also, their entertainment has moved from sometimes going out to, to restaurants or, or out just socialising to actually needing entertainment at home. So we've seen a significant increase in traffic, which we've been clearly managing through this time. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, um, it's it's funny you go back to the, all the conversations around um, you know, the investments in NBN and what was needed and how might we use it. And here we are. And I guess like most people, you know, you can think about how it's working for you on a day-to-day -day basis, but when you pause and take a step back, the, the, I think all of us are grateful that we've got the infrastructure that we've got. Yeah, and no, I thank you for saying that. Look, there's obviously been, there's been much political debate and much media conversation around NBN, but at the end of the day, I'm thrilled that we have actually built a network that's available to 95% of the nation that's providing really good services to people. And can you imagine if we'd lived in a world without NBN when people were on what's called ADSL technology, where they would yeah. have had much uh, lower speeds and capability? And, you know, the fact that we have be we've been actually working furiously for years to get completed a network by by June 2020, we're 95% of the way there, Melinda, and, and I'm just so glad that we have done that. But now we have an obligation to to live up to that and to serve uh, our community, including with the retailers, of course. Um, yeah. Um, I'll come back and ask you a, a question around changing expectations um, in a minute, but let me just, just make the observation that as a person who had to make a decision uh, around but before the government did, we made the decision to um, get all of our people working from home, and you know, knowing that one, we'd made some uh, technology investments ourselves that enabled us to do that, but two, 
knowing that we had a, a network that would allow us to do it, um, it, I have to say, just at a personal level, it made the decision a lot easier than it would have been otherwise. Yeah. And and we've seen that. So if you take our own organisation, uh, two weeks ago, we, uh, in fact, it's, it's longer than two weeks. It's been a long two weeks, but, but <laughs> about three weeks ago, we did a trial of, of uh, working from home to ensure that all our our own IT systems uh, and equipment could stand up for it. And we learned some things from that. Some people didn't have equipment or some people needed different different services. We put that in place in the next two or three days. And then as the restrictions started to come on, we sent our people actually working from home. And that's consistent with what companies all around has done. Now, the good thing about networks is you build them for what's called busy hour, which is really around about 9 p.m. at night when people are using it most. So the capacity you put in is built for that period of day. And the, even now we're still seeing that the traffic during the day is still about half of the peak at, at 9 o'clock at night, which means that our network and indeed the retailers' networks are standing up well to this additional um, capacity that's thrown on it by people working from home and indeed children being at home. Yeah. So let me just ask you this question then. I mean, just in terms of helping some of the listening audience, um, I guess one of the things that people are talking about is this, you know, the, the peak periods um, yeah. built for sort of 9pm, I guess, when we're all, you know, binging on our latest, um, you know, streaming service. Netflix movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Movie, of, movie or TV show of choice. But what's the daily pattern of activity looking like? And are there periods of the day where you're seeing a spike in usage? Are there any recommendations or suggestions that you've got yeah. for people around when they might or might not be on the system yeah. if they get a choice? So, so I hope, I hope I can explain this well to you, but, but the, the actual traffic during the day. So when I say during the day, I mean, I mean, business hours nine to five is up 71% across that period of time. But that, the, the important thing is actually the peak. So if you think about, driving across uh, the Harbour Bridge or the Tom Marine Freeway from the airport into Melbourne, the, 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 those, those freeways or, or bridges are not built for two o'clock in the morning. They're built for when the busiest time of the day is. So although the traffic is up significantly, the important thing is the peak of that traffic. When, when are the most, most amount of data being pushed through our system? So what we're seeing although the traffic's up a lot, during the busy, the busiest hour from nine to five is up 21% from the end of February. And then the early evening, which is six to eight o'clock, is up 20, sorry, 30%. And the busy hour peak is up 25%. Now, that, that means that our, our network, therefore, has to cope with an additional, that busy hour peak, the additional 25%. And we 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 were fortunate in a way in Australia because we were able to get in touch with our colleagues overseas who had been in in a lockdown period, well, sadly for them, of course, but in a lockdown period before us. Specifically, we worked with our colleagues in Italy and saw the experience they had. And they saw, in fact, a 26% spike in traffic. So we we worked with our retailers back in uh, again, starting two weeks ago. 
and our own engineers to make sure that we engineered our networks and the retailers bought the capacity on our networks. When I say bought, we actually, it's bought at zero price because we didn't charge them for the additional capacity through this period. But we worked to put an additional 40% capacity in. Hmm. So we needed to do that because we were concerned that 26 in Italy could spike up to as much as 40. And as I just said, we're seeing 25. So we're well below the, the additional capacity that we've put in. And we already had spare capacity before then. So at this stage, we are standing up really, really well, Melinda, to the additional um, demands on our network at Vizier. And, and importantly, that during the day, which perhaps is the most important thing when people are trying to work or people are educating children, uh, the traffic is still around half of that busy hour peak. So therefore, the network is standing up really well, I have to say. Yeah, well, it sounds like it. And I think it's, um, it's interesting and that, you know, to sort of reach out and to find out for countries who are a little bit ahead of us um, and, you know, have imposed very strict yeah. um, stay at home. Yeah. You know, to use that as a model and um, and to make sure that we've got that ex excess capacity. It, it sounds to me from your on from your response and how NBN has been res responding is that, you know, even if we went to um, to a stage four sort of restrictions, that um, that we would be pretty well placed from a connectivity perspective. Yes, I think we are, Melinda, but I assure you we don't rest on our laurels. I mean, we, we you know, never before has it been important that our network is resilient. And so we, we, we're monitoring it like, you know, never before. The, the other thing I should have said is that um, through our own people and, and indeed with significant amount of help from our minister, Paul Fletcher, we spoke with the Netflixes of this world and the Amazons and the YouTubes and our own our own uh, player our own TV and over the top players in Australia and they've all they've all changed the way that they send their um, data if you like so that it uses less data uh -huh. so, so that 25% I spoke about is actually before the, um, the, the this bit rate reduction came through so that will give an additional amount of capacity and I don't think the 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 service i don't think people will notice a particularly different video service that they get so that's also helped which again is great tribute to to paul fletcher uh, assisted by our team to get that done i have to say um but yeah, having said that melinda you know this is early days and we just got to make sure that if if capacity continues to grow that we continue to monitor and manage it yeah uh, um, and i'm sure you will i think um I like to sort of point out the the great examples that we're hearing when we do these podcasts of just um, you know sectors working together and government and business working together to try to make sure that we get the best response we possibly can yeah. to these absolutely unprecedented um, circumstances. And I think you know I think it's it's sometimes a bit hard to um, look at the things you want to take out positively from the experience that we're having at the moment, but um, I think, you know, one of the things I can speak to this from my own team, but the businesses that I'm talking to and the business leaders like yourself I'm talking to, the agility and the responsiveness that we're seeing, um, I just think is, you know, across the economy, across different sectors, I just think is really impressive. Yeah, I agree with you. I um, <clears throat> I obviously have a very good and, and regular contact and relationship with the chief executives of most of the 
large retail, in fact, all of the large retailers and many of the smaller ones too. And I, you know, I've been almost speaking daily with, um, with those individuals. I've been speaking with the minister daily. Um, I've had conversations with, with Rod Sims at the ACCC as well. And it, all of the, the, all of them, without exception, are putting Australia first and seeing how can we work together to provide the best outcome for the community. Uh, and it's, it's been heartwarming, actually, to see that. I mean, I, I work for a business that's owned by the government, but, but I can assure you that the, um, the way the industry has also responded has been terrific, really pleasing, to your point. I th- and I think what, one of the things I've been saying to people is we're going to have to make sure that we hold on to some of this um, when, you know, when we get to the recovery phase because um, in all this challenge, I think there are some, some things that we're doing differently, yeah. um, some patterns of behaviour, some patterns of collaboration and engagement. And you know, I think we're, we're in the eye of the storm, so to speak, right now, but recovery is going to have plenty of challenges. And I think it, we will be best placed through all of those challenges if we, if we, if we hold on tight to, to some of the, the great things we're doing right now. Yeah, Melinda, I agree. Um, and in fact, I've, I've been teasing my team because the, the speed of decision making we've made has been phenomenal. I've been saying, how do we, how do we harness this um, forever? And I say, well, Stephen, I'm tired. <laughs> I don't keep yeah. this pace up. But, but quite on, a, on a serious note, I do think we've been able to work well to make quick and I think pretty good decisions recently but the other thing I'd say is that I think from a telecommunications point of view this this um, change that we're seeing I don't think will completely reverse Uh, one of the things that I am seriously passionate about is creating a a diverse and inclusive workforce Um, because in doing that you will have better decision-making people can bring of themselves to the company. Uh, you will attract more talent to the organization and, and you'll be basically a better place, better place to work. And I think you'll do better things. And part of creating that diverse and inclusive uh, organization has to be the opportunity to allow people to work more from home or to work more flexibly. And I think this, this is a real demonstration how we are now able to do that. Equally, I've a, a real passion for education and the ability now for proven ability for people to be educated uh, online, which means that people will be able to get the best education no matter where they live or indeed no matter what their social circumstances are. And equally with health, to, to, uh, uh, we're going to see an explosion of telehealth. It was always going to happen. And again, this this crisis will accelerate that. So I, I think there are long term trends that are positive from the community that will come out of this. That you know, telecommunications will obviously support, but really good, strong social trends that will be seen. That in the midst of the misery we're seeing, I do think there will be really good things come from it. I must say. You know, I couldn't agree more, Stephen. I think I remember reading some research a few years ago back um, about you know, one of the great obstacles to employers letting their employees work from home more. And it was essentially trust. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was, I think, to be honest, I think it's slightly archaic thinking because you don't walk around your office every day looking right. over the shoulders of your employees to make sure they're working every minute. But when they're out of sight, that's sort of the mindset that people were adopting. Yeah. And I think what's happened is that 
you know, we've had to fundamentally rethink that out of immediate necessity. And I think that that nature of that work, of that relationship and understanding what that relationship truly is, yeah. has, I think that will change fundamentally. And I think, you know, I was talking about this with a colleague of mine, you know, he was remarking that he was going to pick his kids up from school and he was seeing a lot more dads picking their kids up right. because they're working from home. And so maybe maybe we will get to a point where that genuine flexibility at work and that genuine capacity to balance work and life in different ways will be one of the the benefits that we take oh, out of this. I agree, um, and and it does not. And, and thank you for making that point. It does not apply just to women at all. Far from it. it it's the ability for, um, you, you know, anybody effectively to to balance their work and personal commitments and and melinda it's something that we're looking at now and we're starting you know we're in early days of this work from home um it's likely to continue for you know three to six months i would have thought at this stage of what we're looking at so we 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 know that we're going to have to think about how do we deal with issues where people are under strain with with other accountabilities, whether they be children or whether they be simply feeding themselves, whether it be um, time to look after sick relatives or, or, or help their children be educated or, or indeed just have exercise. So uh, we're in early stages of this, but I think we're going to learn lots and lots and lots from this that will enable us to have a much more flexible workforce, which in turn will lead to a more diverse and inclusive workforce, in my view. I think too, um, you know, we are, you, you talked about telehealth. Um, I think, you know, this transition to have to, to pick that up, I think is going to be a huge positive because when we come out of this, I think we're going to have to really deliver health services yeah. um, permanently in a different way for a whole bunch of reasons. Yeah. Um, and one of the great things that, of course, we can do right now, um, you know, what, Work from home is fantastic, but this ex this extreme experiment with it, if you like, also brings some pressures. And so I think the capacity to be able to deliver some um, mental health support and mental health services online is also really, really I agree. Important. I was I was in regional Australia about six months ago in 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 Dubbo, actually in New South Wales, and I spoke with a psychologist who, and she was running a practice out of Dubbo, but her patients were spread across regional New South Wales, west of Dubbo primarily. And she was telling me how she's able to do group therapy online by having five or six different patients meet together in a virtual um, in a virtual environment, talk to each other about their individual experiences, which in the past she never could have done group therapy because these people live you know, hundreds and hundreds of kilometers from each other. And that's an example, I think, of where mental health will be will be critical um and you know that's that's something that is a in my view one of the biggest challenges in in uh, hidden challenges if you like in the community which again i think unfortunately this crisis will exasperate but but, yeah, but for so. me melinda it's exciting because mbn was actually it's exciting in a in a in a i don't mean that in a sense of clearly we're living in a difficult time but when we think longer term this is exciting because nbn was actually set up to create a better economy and a better society when you when you think about why why did the government governments of both persuasions spend 
billions of dollars to invest in this technology. And it, it was for small business and for uh, entrepreneurs. It was for health. It was for education. It was for regional Australia. It was to enable people who are socially disconnected to connect again. That's why we were created. And I hope that that the, the demonstration of NBN in this period of time will move people's minds on from political debates or technology debates to how do we use this technology for our economy and for society better? Uh, and how can NBN and the retailers and, and 5G and all the other um, you know, great technologies that exist, how can they all be used together for the betterment of society and the economy? And that's, that's yeah. where I hope yeah. the conversation now moves to. And I think, look, I'm hopeful that it will. And I think, um, again, if, you know, there are things that we were trying to do with our own business at Cedar yeah. um, that, you know, we're now grabbing onto those opportunities and we have to. Um, but, you know, we could spend a lot of time, you know, wringing our hands about the fact that a big part of our daily activity in business, which was face-to-face -face events, disappeared literally overnight. Yeah. Um, but there's no point in doing that. And so what we're trying to do is figure out you know, how do we turn this the other way around? How do we make sure we continue to connect with our members? And how do we think about the opportunity that this is creating us to do some things, albeit faster, and as you said, with some, some faster decision-making and some, <laughs> a bit of stress and strain on certain members of our team. But, you know, they're, they're grabbing onto that and trying to, to, to make the most out of it, um, you know, to build our future sort of business opportunities and resilience um, at, at a pretty difficult time. And I suspect that's the way, you know, the vast majority of businesses are trying to frame this up at the moment where, where yeah, they can. I hope so. And there, there are, we did, we did some research, if I could just put a plug in for technology. Um, but we, we did some research again about six or seven months ago when we, we looked at um, using the zero database, actually, we, we looked at the investment in technology and and correlated that with business growth and with employment growth within small business and saw a clear correlation between the amount people invested in technology against their revenue growth and their employment growth. And that arises because so much more now of, of um, tools and applications for business are kept in the cloud. So you can do your accounting, you can do your marketing and so on, so on through cloud-based technology. And that technology takes costs out, but it also enables you to build a business up. And the, the, the thing that, that, that business needs to understand is what, that, that they need to be on the right plans. They need to, they need to, um, you know, have, have the right, you know, whether it be symmetrical plans or in other words, upload and download is the same or whether they just need to have higher speeds or greater capacity or better equipment often is what they need as well. And uh, unfortunately, over, over recent years where people haven't had the right experience, it's, it's often the default position has been it's, it's because of NBN. But of course, we're only one part of a big chain that was the retailers. Um, there is there is NBN itself, and then there's your home setup and what plans you're on. So so again, I hope that this this um, new way of working and, and new way of living encourages people to think about uh, how actually can they get their best experience. And 
the default position is not always NBN. I mean, obviously, we need have our accountability too, but it can be what plans you're sold or where your modem is in place or does your Wi-Fi work or have you got old equipment that, that uh, needs to be invested in to help your business grow. I'm, I'm pretty sure that most people are going to be running their ruler over all those aspects so. <laughs> right here. Um, I'm assuming that you, you've still got technicians out in the field. Well, actually, I know you have because one of my colleagues is about to be connected uh, tomorrow. Uh, he, he's, pretty, he's pretty excited about that. Um, but so you've still got people out and about. Um, how are you um, looking after that workforce? And in, in the face of this demand, have you had to put more people on? And how is all that? Yeah, well, our, our, um, the, the answer to your question is that the, the, a lot of our work, workforce in the field, of course, are through um, delivery partners. So people like Service Stream, um, uh, for example, who provide technicians for us. We also have our own internal workforce. Um, but we, sorry, those people are very keen. Many of them, many of the contractors who the delivery partners uh, hire are small businesses. So they're keen to keep working where they can. Now, the first thing is safe, health and safety. So at the moment, it is still safe for people to go into people's homes, although we do not require them to do so if they don't feel they're um, comfortable doing so but we do provide and the delivery partners do provide protective equipment we do also ensure that we do simple things like ringing ahead asking questions as to the health of the person in the home not touching the same thing etc cetera, etc cetera. so at the moment there are there are sufficient health and safety precautions that our people can follow to go into homes now for a connection, you don't always have to go into homes at all, by the way. About 80% you can do without going into a home. So at the moment, we have a workforce who is actually busier than they've ever been. Last week, we connected 44,000 premises to NBN. Wow. Now, these numbers roll off our tongue at NBN quite quickly because it, it, we get used to it. But 44,000 homes is the size of a regional <laughs> regional city. Um, and we, we do we will do sort of forty thousand this week, I think. And we we we've been doing thirty to forty thousand for quite a while. But last week was one of the highest connections that we've done since. In fact, it was the highest since July nineteen done last week. On top of that, we have clearly workforce that are in the field where things go wrong, so where things need to be repaired, and we're we're actually busy doing that as well. So we, in some ways, our field force have never been busier. And our delivery partners' field force never been busier. Now, there may come a time when there is further restrictions, in which case we may not be able to go into homes unless there is a urgent repair for, let's say, someone with a uh, medical ailment, in which case we, we clearly would continue to do that. But at this stage, we're not restricted on that. In fact, Melinda was still building furiously. We just we just passed 11 million homes, what we call ready to connect or able to get NBN. We added more than 50,000 homes last week to that list. So we're we are busy continuing on, and we feel we do need to because we do think this technology is never needed more than ever. And the 95% able to get NBN, the more we can chip into that to make it up to 100, the better. Yeah, I'm sure there's uh, 
complete agreement with everyone listening on that one. Look, let me finish off with um, the question that maybe is most on some people's mind, which is um, if you're having problems, um, what's the best steps uh, to take? If, you, if you're having problems with quality of, of um, connection or access yeah. or what, what should our listeners well, do? Well, the, 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 the relationship between uh, a, an individual listener and their telecommunication services, obviously with the retailer. So what, what I mean is the Telstra's, the Optus, the TPG, the Vodafone's, the Aussie Broadband's, those sort of people. So their first protocol has to be to contact them. Now, now some of those um, retailers are, are, are asking you to contact via email or via over their um, individual online ways of communicating. Um, but the first thing that people need to do is to contact the retailer if they want to increase their speed plan or if they're having any issues. The retailer, to the extent then that it may be an issue on the NBN network as opposed to in someone's home or in the retailer's network, if it's to do with us, the, the retailer will contact us. So they can also they'll go to our homepage at NBN if they want some tips on, on working at home. Um, so that that's www.nbn.com.au slash working from home or one word which will give them some advice the other thing i'd say is if 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 you're not able to contact with your into your individual company with what's known as a virtual private network the first thing you should check is can you get google on your on your um your computer at home if you can the problem sits within your company. In, and in that case, you should contact your IT department who can, who can help you. Well, thank you so much for that great advice, Stephen. And, and thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. Um, I know you've got an awful lot on your plate um, and I can speak personally in saying thanks to you and your team no, for you. all that you're doing because it certainly made my life um, an awful lot easier. Um, all the very best to you and the team. Uh, stay safe and thank you again so much for your no, time thank today. You, Love you to talk to you.